I'm Dave Mays, and this is Collect Call with Suge Knight, the legendary founder of Death Row Records. If you knew who killed Tupac, would you tell the police? We just have to really work hard next day. Shakur shot five times while on trial. Snoop Doggy Dogg was indicted for murder. Death Row within $300 million. Death Row with a possible Rico case in mind. People don't know about a lot of this stuff. David May started the source on a new source for news. The magazine is now a $10 million a year publication. Every time you turn around, everybody want to spread some lies or some shit. Tell Tupac I'm a bell as a out. Warranty. You can take care of yourself. How are you going to get Pac out of prison? Should be a more than press charges. Acom. You did what everybody mad at 6ix9ine about. Look here, boy. It's the hip-hop magazine The Source has honored its picks for the best in rap. I'm the first one told people about your masters. But I was telling people about my masters. I said, what is that? I ain't no slave. Any artist out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star, we won't have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the video, all on the record. Come to death row. You have a prepaid call from... He's currently serving a 28-year sentence in California State Prison. His honesty, vulnerability, and current state of mind will all be heard in this groundbreaking podcast series. Welcome to Collect Call with Suge Knight. Milk is chilling, this is chilling. What more can I say? Top billing. What up, everybody? This is your boy, Bill Bellamy, and we are back with Top Billing, the number one podcast for the culture, the movement, and the discussion. We have an amazing special guest today. He is an Emmy-nominated actor, director, writer, producer. A lot of people, a lot of people love this man from his ER days, Dr. Dr. Benton. <laughs> Had all the ladies want to get sick and get healed and all that crazy stuff coming up in the game. He also is a director. Directed every episode of great top-level TV from CSI to Chicago PD and many, many, many more. He has also segued into writing and actually really good writing and suspense thrilling writing, right? Part of the um the 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 well the, the Martyr Maker series. The Martyr Maker series. And his third installation is here today. Laws of Annihilation. That sounds like some shit about to happen. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Eric LaSalle! <laughs> Eric, 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 I love you, brother. We talked about this about four weeks ago. He was like, Bill, I got a lot going on. Uh, my new book is about to drop, and I want to come down and kick it with you. And I never got a chance to talk to you about the other two. And I was, I always wondered, because I never thought I would write a book. Okay. Right? Okay. And I always wondered, like, if it was possible, because being a comedian, actor, da-da-da-da, you're doing all this other stuff. How did you sit yourself down and said, I'm going to just dwell into this world of suspense, thrilling writing. How did, how did that happen? 
You know, everything for me, man, is um, studying whatever that craft is, whatever okay. it is. Like, you know, I went to, you know, Juilliard, mm -hmm. NYU for acting. Uh, when I decided to start directing, I followed directors around. I was in the editing room. I was, you know, so for me, it's all about, you know, study the craft. Once you study the craft, then I'm not going to say it makes it easy. It you makes know. it easier. Right. So I started going to book conferences. I started reading a lot. I started reading. Um, I did a movie, I think it was like my second year of ER. Um, these producers came to me with this thriller um, by this uh, top-selling author by the name of John Sanford. Mm. And uh, he has a series, the Prey series. So they wanted me to play the main character who was written white. So I was like, oh, this is dope, right? right. So, uh, so, I, so I was like, okay, cool. So I, you know, I ended up producing that, and, and, uh, and I started it. And that kind of got me hungry. I love like, that thriller, that, that, um, that edgy, um, suspenseful vibe. So when I decided that I would try writing, I went with what I was passionate about. I was okay. passionate about, like, one of my favorite movies is Seven. I was getting ready to say that you right in there. Yeah. Seven, Seven was one is, of my Seven favorite like, movies ever. And that's what, and so when I, when I started writing, so my series is pretty much based very much like Seven. It's, mm -hmm. it's uh, uh, African-American cop uh, with an Italian-Irish-American cop, and they are the best closers in New York City, and they, in, they only investigate high-profile serial killers. Right. So very much like seven. So that's so I so I went with what I was passionate about, like what what kind of story? Because I have a I have a short attention span, mm -hmm. so I need like I write for people like me. Like you gotta like there's gotta be a thrill and a chill every you four got pages. Somebody, slice and dice them. Chapter one, your head blown off. Chapter two, yeah, you, you keep, keep it going. going. Keep you going. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now the thing that um I find very very fascinating in that world is kind of dark, right? Okay. And you have to have a part of that element inside of you to be able to kind of like get into nicks and crannies. So how were you able to say, with this type of uh, writing I'm going to do, I'm going to sink into this part of my personality and let that come and, and be free enough to do that? Right. You know what it is? It's just it's imagination. It's just, it's owning your imagination. It's not apologizing for it. It's, you know, taking all the stuff that we've seen, that we've been stimulated by. We like seven, we like that kind of thing. We're like, ooh, I, if I was doing it, I would do it. You t by, the time it's, by the time you're up at bat, you've gathered all this information. You've had all this training. So it's really just not like, it's, it's, it's embracing your imagination. Yeah, it, it, speaking of imagination, People like us, I feel like that are artists, you know, and I, I mean, by that I mean, we can do more than one thing, right? You know, you're an artist, you can paint, you can dance, you can draw, you can, you can, you, you're well-spoken, you do poetry, whatever, right? But when you're an actor and you're able to grab a character and give that character life and bring a piece of you and make people remember that person, like, oh my God, oh my God, Dr. Bidnor, in coming to America, like you were the soul glow god, like that, whatever you put on that character, you do not think of coming to America without you. You had a very funny and just serious, but like, it was a role that people just always talk about, you know? How do you, because people ask me this all the time too, it's like, how do you do 
a character? Like, what made you say, okay, when I'm going to play this guy coming to America, I'm going to put this little boom on, little arrogance on it, da-da-da, and then on this doctor guy, I'm going to put this stank on it, and it's going to kill him. How do you decide, like, you know, I always wanted to ask well, you Well, you that. know, it's funny because um, before, so ER came out in 94, so mm. in 93, if you remember, NYPD Blue came out. Okay. And NYPD Blue was killing it. I used to watch that show, and Dennis Franz, who was the uh, heavyset white partner mm -hmm. of, of David Caruso, played a racist white cop, and I loved him. You know why? Because I was like, here's an actor who's not apologizing. He's not softening the blows. Right. He's not, he's, he's playing, because guess what? They're real racists that's on the police force. They have not a job. all of them, but they, they, they <laughs> have a job. That's politicians, that's everything. Absolutely. So, so my thing was, I was like, wow. And this is talking about speaking things into existence. If I'm presented with an opportunity to play a character that might not always be likable, might not might be flawed, I'm going to embrace it. I'm not going to try to soften. I'm not going to have him smiling so that the audience goes, oh, he's real. I'm like, hey, listen, sometimes our heroes are assholes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Facts. So, um, so I'm like, let me play that. Let me be as honest to that, and, uh, you know, with, with that. And so that's how, for me, um, when you get into it, it's just like, let me just be honest with the story that I'm telling. Let me be honest. Art is all about, you know, art is having a private moment publicly. I like that. So that's nice. how deep can you go? Because we know we do some crazy yeah. hey. shit when we're on our own, right? Hey. Now, my question is, if do you have the courage to take who that person is when you're by yourself and put that in front of people? Mm. That's where that's what separates, I think, really good artists from mediocre artists because the mediocre artists are scared. I think the brave artists, and a lot of them are tortured. I mean, you look at Miles, you look, I mean, you look at a lot of people that tortured but brilliant because they own their demons. They yeah. own it. They 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 own it as it's a part of me. It's blah blah blah. And obviously, hopefully, you don't you don't you don't want it to rule you. And sometimes it does. It's tragic, but. My thing is like, look, I just want to. I want to own my imagination. I want to own my mistakes. I want to own my flaws. I want to own my virtues. I want to own all of these things. You put them in that pot, and when you start creating, you dip into the pot and you pull what you need. Are you the type that knows you don't have to sacrifice comfort for quality? Someone who lives large in life and in the bedroom, and when it comes to some things, size makes all the difference. Take your pleasure to the next level with the new Magnum Raw Condom, the thinnest Magnum condom with a wider contour shape for added comfort. New Magnum Raw, the thinnest Magnum condom yet. It's specially designed to provide heightened sensitivity and comfort. That's more sensation for you and your partner, providing a more natural feel. Now that's big time. More natural feeling, same premium quality latex to help reduce the risk of pregnancy and STIs. So when you need pleasure and protection in a large size, reach for that unmistakable gold wrapper. Live large and now thinner than ever with new Magnum Raw Condoms, the thinnest Magnum condom available where condoms are sold. With Laws of Annihilation, what are our readers looking forward to? Like, how do you take them? You already hit them with two really, really amazing stories in the series. But this one right here, what are we going? Where are we taking it? Ooh, this, ah, I can't okay. wait. Come on now, baby. This one, this one is, is, is scary because it just so happens to be representing 
the craziness and the madness that's going on in the world. This third book is about anti-Semitism, mm -hmm. uh, uh, racism against African Americans, um, the tension between the uh, Jewish community and the African American community. And so essentially what you have, you open up the book, like you say early on, uh, chapter two, two rabbis are viciously killed. And so one of our heroes, who's an uh, FBI female agent, she's half Jewish. So you have a half Jewish woman investigating hate crimes okay. against Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the other half of the story where you take a racist Jewish person and you lock him and imprison him in a basement with a racist brother. And they want to kill each other. They have good reason to want to kill each other. Mm -hmm. But they realize the only chance that they have of survival is figuring the shit out. And so that's like, to me, that's been the cool journey. And just so happens, you know, obviously with what happened, you know, a week and a half ago um, in Israel, um, you know, this is now a part of the zeitgeist again talking about um, you know, relations and relations. humanity and exactly. figuring it out. I mean, this is not a new story in, in, in respect to conflict. You know, people not liking each other over religion or people not liking each other over orientation or whatever it is. And sometimes you just have to... What I like about this story is you put them in a situation where you have no choice. You have no like, choice. you don't get to go hide. Right. You don't get to go to your house or to your neighborhood with like-minded people and be able to, you know, sort of like block out. Right. Now you stuck with it. Right. Now what we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, as, as, as extreme as things are in the Middle East, yes. uh, you know, if, if aliens came down and just started killing us, would these two groups of people that are, you know, very much divided, mm -hmm would they have to join together to fight a common enemy? And that's, you know, be, and once you realize in, in Laws of Annihilation, you realize that there's um, the presence of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now again, does that force this African-American man who does not like Jewish people, does not like white people? Do you take this, does that make this Jewish man who does not like black people, does that make them work together? Does that make them figure shit out? Even still have their differences and still have their, but at the end of the day, life and survival is the most important thing. Hey, it it, that, that becomes the common denominator, survival, right? right? And if I need you to live and you need me to live, we become one. We become one. That's what's there's, happening. Yeah, I, I, there's, a, there's a line in the book, their common need depluralized them. They were no ah. longer plural, they were singular. Mm. It depluralized them. It, see, we, see we, we live in a, a pluralistic you know, environment and world. So it's just like, I've got mine, you've got yours. Cause the book is ultimately in some ways about tribalism, the tribes that we're born into, the tribes right. that we choose. Like you and I, we're a part of each, 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 each other's tribes as artists, as friends. Right. Uh, we, ch we chose each other. Correct. You were born into a tribe. You, the tribe that you were born into might hate the tribe that I was born into. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, so when you deal with that, uh, you get these, you get all these, the pluralization of things, the multiplication of things. But then all of a sudden, need, what you said is really deep. The need just simplifies it. And it's just like survival simplifies. <laughs> so we're not, we're not two now. We're we one are with one, one purpose. Yeah. And that's where, and so when you ask like, what does this book give? 
the timing just happens to be a bit uncanny because of what we're going through. Bro. But that's one of the major, major uh, plot points of, of the book. Yeah. I, I like to believe in, in when you're in the right place in the right time. I, I always say this to my friends, God's timing is perfect, right? Exactly. And a lot of times when we're where we're supposed to be, it almost seems crazy. <laughs> How did I meet this to do this to do? And I, and I didn't even say nothing. And he knew exactly what I needed and introduced me to the lady that got me the building. Oh my, oh my God, God, right? Yeah. And so when you were writing this, um, you didn't know what was actually going to be happening when the time for the book to come out. No. Now that goes to show you how crazy it is. You actually wrote this a year and a half ago. You were editing and doing all this. You had no idea at precisely this moment in time we would need to read a book like this. Exactly. And but the one thing, the one thing that's unfortunate mm -hmm. is that although we didn't have what's happening in the world inter internationally, mm -hmm. what we did have was the occurrence and the reoccurrence of of you know, synagogue burnings of, of, of black people being killed in church. Like, so this become, this, that does, that hasn't gone away. Um, uh, African-Americans being killed by cops uh, uh, and, 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 and so are white people, um, you know, being killed by cops, what I'm saying, but obviously it hits us a certain way. Correct. Um, so you've had all of that. So even in the right, even though it wasn't on this global level that it is right now, there was enough feeding that this is sad, but it's not going away. And think about it. Every six months, something bad happens. Oh, yeah. It's like weird. Like you can almost, you get to the back. It's, it's sad, but you can almost clock it and say, yeah, like, oh, it's, we it's almost do. Like and you start getting nervous when things get real quiet. It's something about to happen. You're like, oh, something, oh, Lord, something bad. Something. Like, yeah, and we, we do for some, you know, you're like, oh, so, so I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm no, I'm no, uh, you know, fortune teller or anything like that. I, you write about what's what's happening in the world, mm. you extrapolate on it, you, you build on it, all of that. Um, and then, yeah, life happens and good or bad, uh, it, 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 it has a certain relevance. And I think as artists, that's the most important thing to us mm. is really being relevant. I look at the state of being right now of what we deal with as just artists um, you know, in a business that now is, you know, kind of at a stalemate, like where we're as actors and writers and directors and we you know we're, we're faced with the future. Like, how do we want to, to work in the future? I like to think that right now where we are as artists, writers, producers, directors, we have something to deal with, like especially the future, right? Um, right now we're all one like your book, we're all one. Like, what are we gonna do moving forward? Um, what negotiations will be in, in place for us to not only work, but enjoy our work and to be able to, as artists, survive? Because the business has changed tremendously. I mean, I've been in the business now almost 30 years, I guess. And you've been in the business 30 years as well. And you've seen all kinds of changes. You know, I, I'm not a director. You know, I've produced before, I've written before, but I've never, um, you know, been a director, so to speak, or a producer of a film. You know, I produced TV before. But what does that look like? And with your book, when you say where people who are at odds have to survive, where is the middle ground where we can say, okay, well, you know what? All of us are stripping right now. Okay, everybody calm down. What should it look like equi equitably, equitably, 
moving forward for everyone so that the business thrives, so that people want to be artists, that people continue to write, people want to, you know, make movies and be on TV shows and stuff. Because that's why I moved to Hollywood. Right. I just wanted to be on TV. Right. I was like, man, TV look fly. I saw you. <laughs> I said, Eric, look at Eric. Eric is doing it. And a black doctor, like I'll never forget, it's, it's two brothers that inspired me, like when I was coming up in the game, is you and Blair Underwood, Bingo. right? Bingo. Because you and Blair were like the, the perfect black man to me. Like I was like, we can't be doctors. We are lawyers. <laughs> You know, we ain't always the dirty cop. You know what I mean? So, I'm, jo I'm joking, but I'm serious. So I was like, when, when I find, finally got to m meet you and become friends, it was just such an honor because you had inspired me that there are good roles to, to aspire to, and you can wait for a good role, and you should play a good role, right? Like, you, you inspired me to want to be a guy that was accountable for what I am going to do in the business. Like, I wasn't going to be the dude in the chicken suit doing right. some stupid shit. Right. I wasn't going to do this. I said no a million times in this business because of guys like you. How do we keep us ourselves inspiring and, and move forward? What do you think was some of the things that we should wow, look that's, into? That's, man, right on. Good, brother. Good stuff. Um, I think this. I think, first and foremost... There's choice, the power of choice. Mm -hmm. You had a choice to say no. Correct. You have a, you have, we have choices. And so I think a lot of times when artists come, particularly, you know, young people come to Hollywood and they're trying to get into the business and they particularly, particularly women, mm -hmm. um, which are preyed upon. And so you feel like this need to um, allow bad behavior mm -hmm. um, to give it permission. Now, we've had Me Too, so that's empowered uh, to a degree. Um, I think we get there a few a few ways. I think that um, self empowerment, like you know, you do always joke with me, like, dude, you keep doing different things, you keep right. reinventing yourself. <laughs> I but see, I don't reinvent myself out of luxury. I reinvent myself out of a blessing first and foremost, um, because I think you know God gives me a talent and, and gives me a voice. But I reinvent myself out of necessity. And so I think when we understand, particularly as minorities, and Correct. I think this is all for all artists, but particularly minorities, because we have another thing at, at, at play here. I think it's important to own, to create and own material. Like, listen, you created this podcast. Correct. You didn't wait for somebody to say, hey, come on my podcast. You maybe did some guest stars to learn, mm -hmm. but you created a show. You get to now dictate um, the execution, the caliber, the Absolutely. style you get to, so that control, and I don't mean it as an, I don't mean it as an egotistical sense of control. I'm talking about a control based on pride of, of work. You now get to shape. Hey, I think that there's an audience that wants to hear. You know, this me, I, I, I know I'm funny, I know I'm a comedian, but I got other sides to me yeah, as well. Man. So, I'm not, so I'm not just some dude, I'm not just booty call. Right, I'm more, right, than, right, I'm right. more than booty call. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a part of me, but I'm more than booty call. Yeah. And so if you take that, I, I've fought that for years. And, and I want to give a shout out to Blair Underwood because you got to realize law and order uh, not Lauren, I'm sorry, uh, L.A. Law LA came Law. L.A. Law came out a couple of years before E.R. So Blair was a dude and Stephen Bochco. I was looking at them going, 
I want to do that. I was in Hollywood. I was in New York. I was in Hollywood. I was going, I want to do that. That's the caliber. Exactly. So we have to, and see, what we have to do is we have to pay it forward. We have to take on that. Right now is scary. You know why it's scary right now? Because you don't have to have talent to be famous right now. Yeah. You don't have time. You don't have to have talent to have five million viewers. You can, yeah. if you're a woman, you can shake your big ass, yeah. your big fake ass sometimes. Your big yeah, yeah. You can, you can, like, you but can we do, do that. know real booty move. We know some different. real booty move. We do move a little but different. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> that's 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 but stay anyway, focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. focused. <laughs> so you can be like you can you can be the controversial. You can like there are all these. We didn't have all these reality shows growing up. Mm-hmm. So where's the training for reality show? You get on a real, and I, and, and I want to be clear here. I mean, people got a right, have a right to do their story the way they want to tell their story. I'm talking about, I'm addressing what you said. When there is the need for talent, that talent can morph into different things. If there's no need and no definition of talent, if your talent is just simply uh, being loud. An algorithm. There's no, yeah. So what you do is you go, okay, I'm going to be the disruptor on this reality show. I'm just going to be the asshole. And yeah, you're getting, but that's not developing a talent. And so the more talent you have, to answer your question directly, the more talent you have, the more versatility you have, the more ownership you can have. So you have to be talented to do this. You yeah. didn't get here because, like you said, you were wearing the chicken suit. You were being the, you know, the, the Negro. That's whatever. You were, you're like, yeah, I do. I can do some silly stuff, but I also got this side of yeah. it. Yeah. And so now we're running out of that. So I, I, I get scared that the future for us might be challenging because, like. There's some talented young people coming up, but there's there's also a lot of people that don't require talent. Yeah, I mean, and it, the balance of it is really is really what the the conundrum is moving forward because um, I've seen it in my business. You know, they'll hire a guy um, who's got a, a zillion followers to be on a show, or or they'll put him in a movie because, you know, he's got 80 million people. Even if he does one scene in the movie, they put him in because he's thinking that that's going to draw people. That's, That's the internet influence, you know? The more people that know about laws of annihilation through the internet, that's more book sales. You know, people that keep hearing buzzwords. Wow, that's wow. I mean, I saw Eric. Oh, my God, he's talking about this. Boom, boom, boom. We have to utilize it to our advantage on certain levels. The sad part about it is you just can't control where it goes. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but that's, you know what? That's, that's the sad and the beauty of it. Because listen, what I've learned to do is let go of the stuff that I don't control. Mm-hmm. The stuff I do control, you know what I control? I control homework. I control showing up. Ah. I control being on time. Mm-hmm. I control um, improving my craft. I control studying my craft. I control. I control those things. Now, I can't determine. We're pushing hard for, for obviously for this series. We're pushing for this book to make the bestsellers list. I was talking to my agent today, and I was like, "Well, we don't control that. We're we're doing." everything we can to make it happen we're we're being as smart as possible we don't control that so once you take that pressure because you said it earlier god if god puts you where you need to be yes at the time you need to be it and so listen man let's love that let's let's be real like these books people see these books and they're like man you know for the last year i've been turning out a book every six months and like why you been doing what they don't understand dude 
I wrote these books 10 years ago and, 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 and was turned down by every publisher multiple times. Multiple. Wow. I mean, I went, I went back to pub. I was, I was putting on fake mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was wearing trench coats. Like somehow I'm going to get this book sold. Like, I was doing right, it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I got turned down multiple times. So I kept at it, kept at it. I, 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 okay, fine. The first one didn't do it. I'm a self-publish. Boom, I self-publish it. It does well. Um, second one, I'm, okay, this is going, this one's going, they're going to want this one. Go out, same thing, shoot me down, shoot me down. Well, I'm going to self-publish this. Then my agent says, listen, your writing is too good. You can't self-publish me. I want you, I want you to have a publisher. So well, we find a publisher. They come back, and this is God. They come back and say, what we're going to do, we know you have some new material. We want to go back. We want to rebrand the old material first. And so now I got a second shot. Fire. So what we take a lot of times as L's and what we take as defeats, they're lessons. And so this for me was a lesson in perseverance. It's a lesson in tenacity. And so like I'm like, okay, cool. So now I've got these. This is helping people. Like, oh wow. No, but now what I do control is I first thing I said to my agent, I don't want to be a celebrity writer. I don't want to be somebody that's right. I want to be a damn good writer. I want to be a legitimate writer. That's what's important to me. So now, we're, now people start going, same thing when I switch from acting to directing. Oh, he's an actor, he's an actor. And then all of a sudden people start going, oh, wow, he's, he's a good director. He's, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, they were all surprised. Oh, damn. Yeah, he can he really know what he's doing. <laughs> right, he actually, he knows what the camera does. He's only been on TV 20 years, he knows something. Yeah. Jesus. So, so now, this, now we're enjoying this thing where people are like, you know, when you like go on Amazon and you read reviews and you yeah. get professional reviews, or industry reviews, and people are talking about structure. They're talking about. They're talking about the the, the the essence of writing. They're talking. They're breaking. They're talking about the technique, and and my te- and you go. That's a real writer. Yeah. So I'm still striving for that. So those are the things we do control. And in that control, I think we have a better path to excellence and ownership. Yeah. And that's what an agency. And that's 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 what you have. Don't don't think about the things you don't control. You don't control. Yeah. Like, think about how many how many roles have you lost because you were too tall, too short, too dark, too light, too this, too, too that, funny, too funny, too this, not funny enough. Who? Uh, the, I, you know, I can't control Correct. that. Correct. This is the instrument that I have. What I can control is making this instrument the best that it can be, making this mind the best that it can be, making my you know uh, my communication and my expression and my drink, making that. I don't control the outcome. I control the homework. And that's what people, yeah. that's, that's what we lose. That's what you lose that. a lot of people. You know, so I got, I got to tell you, one of my favorite things now, because people, you know, oh, man, hey, listen, man, how can I get down? How do I do this? How do I do that? Yeah, how do right. I get in the directing? How do I do this? I'm like, I, and, I, you know, you sometimes, you know, take a chance on a person. And right. You know what I've learned to do? I've learned to give people homework. Uh. And let me tell you something. You know when you turn the lights on and the cockroaches? <laughs> <laughs> As soon as they get their homework, they, they go. Home, the homework is the light, and then the motherfuckers are the cockroaches. Dude, I, so I don't even have to. I don't even have to say no anymore. I go, okay, cool. Listen, um, do read, this right here. Read, read this. Um, see, see these three movies. Right. Call me next week and Let's, tell me what you think. Listen, crickets, crickets. <laughs> and I go, okay. Don't nobody want to do the work, bro. They don't want to do work. The ones that do want to do the work. Yeah. Those, that's what you control. I love the homework. Do your homework. Do your homework. Um, preparation is uh, is a key to success. A lot of times people forget about that. Like, you know, 
your preparation for an opportunity puts the, the level of success in your hands. Being ready, like, you know, I always make sure I know my lines. I make sure that I can feel my lines. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you ad lib or whatever, right. it's not going to throw me. I'm right. not like a robot and I'm not living within the moment. That's preparation, right? right? You writing, getting turned down and keep pushing. Like, this is what I wanted people to hear from you is that it's not always like just because you were successful over here, you come over right. here, you're going to get the same love and you might have to yeah. start at ground zero and push back up again. And it get, you get kicked in the face. Yeah. You, people yeah. say we good. Yeah. People say, ah, we're, we're doing different things this year. You know what I mean? And you say, no, no, we're going to keep doing this. You through your perseverance, through your dream, through your drive, to, through doing the homework, which I want most people to understand is, when you do your homework, it don't matter. It really don't matter. Like when you do your homework and you put your gut into it, you can leave all your cards on the table knowing you did your best, that's, that's it. That's it, I was watching, uh, I don't know if you ever saw this, I was watching this yesterday. And I, I think it's old, because I think I saw it before. It's so deep, Jim Carrey, Mm -hmm. talks about his father oh. who was an accountant who yes. died yeah. and he said the deepest line he said my father was an amazing saxophonist but he would have had to we were in Canada we would have had to move down to the states for him to really and he had a family he stayed in Canada he became an accountant he said and then he was fired at 51 and he said nothing hurts worse than failing at something you don't love oh. because if you fail at something you love if you want to call it failure, I, I call them lessons. I think right. there are other ways. Like again, I technically I failed when I first came out because right. I didn't get a publisher. But here we are. So right. I, I look at failure different. But but he died with a broken heart of not pursuing what he loved. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing. So listen, you got two choices: you fail at what you hate, or you fail at what you love. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna strive for the love every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. And I think that that's that's like that's what people don't understand. And and, and there's something else I want to call back on. You know, so like you and I speak speak very similar language. And so you said something that was real simple. And I don't know if you caught it. You said, "Be ready." What people don't understand is like when you're shifting, when you want to do different things, you have to get ready to be ready and don't try to be ready. Like for instance, you come in on Tuesday, you go, I hate my job. I hate my job. Following week, you go, I can't take this anymore. I quit my job. Now I'm going to go and try and learn something. No, the minute I come into that job and I go, this ain't the job for me. You know what I'm doing? I'm learning some other stuff. <laughs> so that when the opportunity presents I'm itself, gone, bro. I'm already I'm ready or I'm not getting ready because now once you quit your job, now there's desperation. Mm -hmm. You don't have the luxury of saying, let me wait for the ideal situation. You get you know, you, you might have a family to feed. So you go, okay, I can't get ready. I just gotta take this. But if you have been like, listen, while I was acting, I was watching directors. Before I said, I'm officially, and I ended up getting fired from a movie. Um, I had replaced, uh, Denzel Washington was doing this film with Michelle Pfeiffer years ago, um, an interracial love story. He, he dropped out for some reason. Uh, there was a mad dash to replace him. I ended up getting the role. Uh, they fly me down to North Carolina. I'm, I'm, you know, director is like, dude, you're killing it, you're killing it. One day, two weeks into the shoot, 
producer comes to my apartment, knocks on the door and says, hey, we're going to have to let you go. You look too young to play her love interest and you're making her look Oh, right. And now I can't control that. Right? I was devastated. Oh, Dev dude, I was because this was supposed to be my big. Yes, I was devastated. Right. So oh. I went, I, you know, they had to pay me. That was good. That was it was my, my biggest paycheck. I'll never forget. It was ninety eight thousand dollars. I was like, OK, All right. I went I, one day. I went crazy, spent some money. I just bought a apartment, furnished my apartment. Then I said, now what? You know what I did the next week? I enrolled in directing classes. Because I was like, okay, I don't want to not have, I don't want to be in that situation. And at, at this, I was in my 20s, of course, so you like the 50s are like, I don't want, I don't want to be in my 50s and, and me and desperate. And I don't have a job and they ain't, they, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too I that. I, and so I started then, maybe even before I could articulate exactly what I was doing, mm -hmm. I was empowering myself. And so I, when I talk to people, we talk to your listeners when, you do, when, I, when I do appearances. It's like empower yourself with choices. So when you go to that job that you hate, you start empowering yourself by building onto something that you love. So when you're ready and you can't take it anymore, you're not starting from scratch. I like that. You're not starting. You're, you're like, yo, I'm, oh, I'm ready. So I'm okay. good. So an opportunity presents itself, and you're like, okay, um, you know what? Give me a, give me a week or two weeks. No, no, they're going, they're going to move on to somebody else. <laughs> but if you're ready, we go. They boom. And yeah. so that's, that's my mindset. That's how yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. I love my my version of that is stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Exactly. It's, it's, it's the same thing. And I, I always want to dwell into this area, especially when, when I sit down and I talk with intelligent brothers like yourself. You are such an intelligent man and gifted in all these areas. How do you keep your mental health? Like, for instance, a lot of me and my friends this past weekend, I was hanging, I had a homecoming at my uh, alma mater, Rutgers University. And so a lot of guys are sitting around, right? And we're talking, man, you know, we some sports, and then we get off into some real cool conversations, right? And, and uh, you know, depression came up. Mm. And cats were saying what they were dealing with or still dealing with or an uh, injury that set them back or finances that was something or this, that, and the other. We deal in the no business. We get 1,000 no's before we get a yes, right? And we have to pretend none of those no's ever happened. Yep. So when you, as, as I consider a veteran in the game, when you made those decisions to change and stuff like that and whatever happened, how were you able to keep your fire and your mental health pushing you and keeping your wheels moving the right way? Well, I think, again, um, part of that goes back to tribe. Part of that goes back, see, I was fortunate. I moved out to Hollywood when my boys moved out. Okay. So we all came out from New York. Okay. So Mike Beach, uh, Wendell Pierce, Ving Rains, Wesley Sun. These were all my boys, and we were all boys in New York. Mm. So when I came out here, I had a... Uh, a a group. We had a group. And then we met we met a, a, a native Californian by the name of Ren Brown, who was mm. my, my dog. And... He, he introduced us to like-minded people. He introduced us to people that weren't about the quote-unquote Hollywood craziness. So I've always kept that. And, you know, you and I have known each other for, I don't even know how long we've known each other. But Since, so says, uh, you, 20 years. 20, easy. 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 You, I mean, I'm thinking of my daughter. It's past that. Yeah, but here's the thing. He's the first person to ever let my daughter drive a boat. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Let her drive. I said, like, huh? trust me, she'll be fine. There's a lot of water. 
I'll never forget that. I was scared to death, but it was beautiful. But see, but that you think about that. So you know that was the you know that was the house up at the lake, and mm -hmm. that was like chill, and that was exposing. Like you and I are first generation. Well, I, I, I can't speak for you, but I think we're first generation. Yeah, we didn't successful. have it. So now what we do is we normalize it for your children. Correct. We normalize that. I remember Blair Underwood came up and same thing. I took his son out on the boat and he came back the next, he was like six, seven years old. He drew some crazy things like, look, look daddy, this is me water skiing. Dude, I ain't know nothing about no water skiing. Yet. <laughs> you know, what I'm not growing up in New York, you was not water skiing. Was Trust not. me, you, you was not. not. So, so, so the big thing is the big thing for me is this. Mm -hmm. You know personally how I wrote. You don't see me out at every party. You no. don't see me out at every premiere. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I've had my time. I partied my ass off back in the day. Right now, that's not the most important thing for me. What's important is the healthy relationships. The, so when we talk about mental health, we start talking, and, and black men particularly don't talk about it that's enough. That's what I wanted, yeah. And so I, a, I have a tribe mm -hmm. that if I did need to talk about it, it's going to be welcome. Nice. It's going, so, so that's the first thing, because we as black, we as men, period, black, white, green, Latin, whatever, we as men, we've got that pride. We're taught not to do that. So I've got the kind of tribe to be like, yo, man, I'm going through some stuff. Yo, yo, so let's stop everything. What's going on? Right. You, if you ever call me up, yo, E, I just, I just need to, I just need to pull your ear on something. I'm going through some stuff. And you know, you have it. Good. You know, you have. So when you have that kind of tribe, um, and and and, you know. I'm, I, I'm, I, I can sometimes be a recluse, man. I'm, I'm you know, you know, I, I like, I like my cribs, man. I like just chilling. At my, I create. Bro, that is a pure <laughs> fact. I thought you were just OCD. Or something. Just, like, you know, I don't want to come outside. No. Come outside, say hey, and go right back and say I ain't mess with y'all right now. Enjoy the, enjoy the food. Enjoy everything. You chill. I'm just, but you know, but that allows me. Like I don't have to be in the mix yeah. on everything. And I think one, one, one has to prioritize. Like I said, I partied through my 20s, I 30, I, I did it. I did the damn thing. I did it well. But here was one thing that got me through college. So I was at Juilliard, and then I was at NYU's grad school, right? I used to always say, you know, people, yo, man, let's go party, let's go party. I, you know, I got to study. I got to go study. I got to go study. And I realized something at 18, 19, 20, 21. I realized something. I'm preparing myself by studying and mastering my craft. I'm preparing myself for parties that you guys won't even be able to get into. Oh, that's deep. So we've partied internationally. Facts. Dude, I, I remember, you know, you I, I did used to do the Monaco thing. Mm -hmm. I'd be, I'm not uh, hanging out. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with the prince and he's like, yo, come like, and you're like, now, had I been that dude that didn't take my studies seriously, had I been the dude, I would have been doing the same New York parties, the same LA, because that's the extent of what I'm, what I've, what I've uh, prepared myself for. Yeah. But when you say, well, my studying led to my success, my success led to a recreational thing on another level. We talking about boats. We talking about <laughs> lake houses. I'm, and I'm not bling, I'm not being No, but it's my facts, though. But what I'm saying is- That's the homework. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah, so back now, to the homework. And then that homework leads to um, your children and other children that would come up with families and you know come spend the weekend with me. They're like, yo, this is 
this is cool. He's just and super it's normal. Cool. But yeah. it's normal for them. It wasn't normal. You and I looking at each other like, these little, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> my kids, my kids, your kids, everybody's kids at that level. Let me bring this up a little bit. They, um, it's normalized, you know what I mean? That, you know, you see people that look like you being doing well. You see people like you doing amazing things, which I think is amazing for a child to see early in life. Exactly. It, it is no ceilings. You know, like my kids, their first president was Barack Obama. Yeah. So you can't even tell my kids it's not pops. They've seen exactly. it already. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So when you, when you have that kind of homework that you call it, that I want people, when you listen to this episode, Take that away, doing the homework. Do the homework. It might take a little longer, but the homework is going to make the dream work. You yes. feel me? It's like just doing the preparation, being diligent with your dream, doing the things that are going to prepare you for the next step. You know, he got knocked down. I've gotten knocked down. We've all had these bumps in a row. It's like, what are you going to do after the bump? Exactly. What are you going to do be. after your knees leaking? You, you scraped up, you done fell on the motorcycle. Do you just run to the bus stop or you get back on the bike? You figure out how to get home. I mean, I've been in all those different kind of scenarios and I'm saying like this, I see the success in you already. The audience is going to just solidify it. Mm, the right. success is already done. Right. The work, you know, the adversity, Three series in a row, bam, boom, bow, done. Now the audience gets a chance to, to acknowledge it and say, yes, we love it and champion you to the next level. That's what I like. That, and that's, that's, I love that. That's the journey, man. We, you know, Because people, we're not built for everybody's success. Mm -hmm. So everybody, you know, we look at people and go, oh, I wish I was, I wish I was, I, you know. You don't know what that person went through. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you take like, even like an artist like Kem singer yeah dude was homeless he was a, he was a druggie yeah like so now people hear his songs and oh wow his, you don't know what that brother went through you don't know hallie when she first came out she said you know hallie said she has struggles yeah everybody looks at hallie and, oh you, you so you're beautiful. beautiful you never had a you bad had, day no she had bad days yeah. she had, so it's the perseverance through it and that's the definition and here's the thing for some of us it ain't an option because it ain't, it really ain't, character ain't getting knocked down. Because you don't always control getting knocked down. Mm -hmm. None of us would get knocked down if we controlled it. Right. That's right? facts. Okay. So we don't control getting knocked down. We control not just getting up, how we get up. So I always think, like, I don't, I don't think your first moves, I used to always say this. I don't think your first move defines you. I think it's your second move. <laughs> Oh, yeah, hey, Chaz, you heard that? Yeah, y'all young, I got some young producers in. Y'all better get y'all pen and pad out. OG just dropped some monster shit on you, boy. Go ahead. No, because... That's real shit, right? Because think about it. Move. We all make mistakes. We all, we all act, you know, spontaneously off of emotion, off of this or whatever. Boom, that's the first move. Like, somebody cuts you off in the car. And you go, and then somebody, dude, what am I, what am I doing? Your second move. Pulling up alongside the car, hey, I'm sorry. You know what? I was having a bad day. That tells me much more about your character than just that. The reactionary. Just that reactionary thing. Yeah. Because the second move, you've thought about it. That second move, you've put your character into it. So as long as you understand that, then you're not so easily defeated. You're not so, you just go, yo, okay, yeah, I got knocked down. I'm going to get up. I'm going to dust myself off. Dude, I got... 
I got knocked down with these books. I got knocked down in my acting career. I got knocked down in my directing career. Even still, sometimes you, even right now, you go, oh, really? They said that about me? Yeah. Or they, <laughs> Why like, would they say that? So I just got finished, uh, you know, before the strike. or you know, uh, So I'm directing and exec producing uh, this brand new show for Dick Wolf, mm-hmm. uh, which is his first foray into, um, he's getting into streaming. Okay. So, uh, so I'm doing the show for Amazon, killing it, just just loving the show, right? We're having a great time, and so then boom, we get shut down, right? Right. But so here I am, working consistently because you know Dick Wolf has made me producer. I used to run Chicago PD for four years, uh, executive producer, main director, all that. Do Do you know that even in those times when you go, okay, fine, I've made it. You know, my agent would send me in or submit me for a directing gig. And I remember somebody said, well, he's a network director. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? Uh, what is, they what were like, mean? this is streaming. As, as though, like, it's so, and I'm going. So different. And I'm, and I'm going, have you watched Chicago PD? Because that's probably the most cable streaming like show on network right period but, but bottom line is this if you're a good storyteller you're a good storyteller so here's the other thing that people make the mistake there's never a point where the nonsense doesn't stop there is someone out there right now that won't hire tom cruise they'll say well tom is black. they'll make up he's as, two missions he's too, impossible he's the, exactly, <laughs> yes yes the audience won't get me and you go so they so they will never buy it these so two we don't whatever own, man we don't own, <laughs> we don't we don't own rejection we don't we don't have ownership of rejection rejection everybody's affected by rejection now what we do own is we are, we're men, we're black, and we're artists. Those three things are the kings of rejection. <laughs> I mean, you better put you your boots on. You you're gonna get kicked in the face. You're you gonna get punched in the head, get, kicked in the back. Like, that is it. it. That's it. So we have, <laughs> I think we have, we happen to have a little extra. Thank God know, we laugh that, a little bit. Yes, yes. You, got, you got to, you got to. <laughs> but, that's, but see, that's, but that's my point. So mm. when you're sitting around going, oh, life's not fair, and this, I'm, I'm black, I'm a woman, I'm this, I'm, yes, yes, valid. Uh, I'm Latin, I'm, I'm Native American. Right. Uh, I just got finished watching this series called Dark Winds. I'm so happy. It was like 90% uh, Native American cast. And you never see that. And you never see that. Right? So, so whatever we go through. They're going through th- it times 10. Uh, times, no, times 100. 100 right, yeah. right. So you think about that, you think about Asians, you think about, So we all go through it. Um, we don't sit around and cry. We, you know, we, look, we, we might, I give myself one day to mourn. And then let's go. And then let's move on. Move on. Let's go. Hey, man, I am I am honored to have you. I knew I knew when you came through, it was going to be amazing. I knew that you would come in here and drop some jewels on us, especially the people who are getting into top billing. You know, we got a lot of new listeners, a lot of new viewers who are coming in and tapping in different age groups, demographics. And I like to keep it eclectic where I got different guests that are talented from different areas. So you're just like, yo, even if it's a young cat who doesn't know who Eric LaSalle is, now they know. If there's somebody who haven't seen you in a while, they're like, oh my God, that's my guy. We This is this is what the podcast is my dream, is to be the place, to be the anchor for the culture, place where we can come down and 
and vibe out. We are not constricted by time or, right. or, or, or content. We can talk about what we want to talk about, influence who we want to influence, help those who we can help. You hit every cylinder. We talked about mental health. We talked about writing. We talked about directing, not giving up on yourself, about your dream and your homework. If you got all these lessons today, you are top billing. I want to say one last thing. Mm. Um, you know, it's also what's, it, what's really important for people to really understand is going back to the word tribe. When you select your tribe, select wisely. Because I, I will say one thing. You and I have known each other for at least 20 years. Easy. Right? easy. And I will say this. I will say this, to your, uh, I will say this to your listeners. I'll say this to the guys in the room. You are the same dude. Same dude as far as your generosity, your openness, your realness. And you know, listen, you and I, we've seen some people get special. We've seen, <laughs> we've seen some of our people get Very extra. Special. And you're like, yo, they, what I, is remember that I, used about? To, I used to feed you. I like I've done and, and people get and so I'm just telling you, man, I, I appreciate because like when when we talked a few weeks ago and I was like, yeah, I mean, you were like, yo, E, dude, like there's no, I mean, I, seriously, there have been times where you, you talk to people and you're like, Wow, we used to be cool, but now they're, they're feeling themselves. And then it comes full circle because then when they see you blowing up again in something else, like I had somebody who shall remain nameless that I knew <laughs> and was kind of dogging me. He had some shows. He was hot. Now he's not so hot. He's got a little little funky podcast. <laughs> hey, can you come do my... No. I don't know. Not right now. No. So, no, so we I got, got you know, so we got, on. yeah, so we got this. So, yo, thanks for letting me... Um, you know, come here, be here. But like I said, I wanted to. Like I said, let get proud. Yo, you, you platinum, know? baby. Stop <laughs> playing with me. Ain't no let in it. It's 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 what we do. And I, 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 like you said earlier, our tribe, our tribe is strong. We got great guys that and women that are talented that are doing great things, and we're here for each other. And I'm very honored in the way that you were able to be so open with us and just come in and kick it and be the Eric LaSalle that I know that most people don't know. You brought him today and uh, my producers. I want to shout out my boy Chad, shout out my boy Tarek. We in here big time. This is Todd Billing, baby. Eric, before you leave, I would love to play a game with you. All our special guests. We play a game called All Facts. All right. All Facts on Top Billing is where I get to ask you a question and you just tell the truth. Right. You just give me what it is. Okay, cool. cool. Eric, you've been acting a long time. Give me your top three co-stars that was really kind of sexy for you. You know, when you know me. Kind of sexy? Kind of sexy for you, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, you know, they was looking kind of good. The scenes went well. I'm just saying, you know? I won't throw no stuff. I'm just saying, you done had a couple co-stars. So this, this, uh, this is me admiring them. Yes. no just, insinuation. No, no, they, no, anything. This okay. is just their talent. Okay. All right. Okay. Can we say that? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Me, okay. Women that I've admired uh, working with, I mean, they, obviously they've been one, many. Um, um, Sherry Headley, we were Boom. we were like just mm. crazy, crazy. Cool. I thought y'all was in love for real, but whatever. That's my girl. Okay, uh, Sherry Headley, like shout girl. out to Sherry. What up, uh, Michael Michelle? Uh, Michael Michelle, still to those uh, yeah, who don't that's, know, that's, Michael Michelle, that is, red bone, curly hair. Green, blue eyes, they change when you change the channel. <laughs> Fine as hell. She was uh she was actually in New Jack City, right? She was in New Jack City. She was City. New Jack City and 
That's all I got to say. All I got to say. Yeah, no, I, just, yeah, yeah our, I can understand her talent and beauty yeah. and stuff. Go ahead, next. Our chemistry was great. Mm. Uh, got to give a shout out to Gloria Rubin. So these are a lot of my ER co-stars. Yeah. yeah they were, so she and I just actually, we did like two years ago, just for the hell of it, we did a Hallmark movie. We, we just had fun with each other. Um, and I'm going to add one um, that I've worked with as a director. Um, Tracy Spiridakis uh, on Chicago PD. I, I just admire, man, she just she just brings it, man. She brings, she, I, I, I sit back and watch her work and I just, I'm, I, I'm just a fan of the work that she does and the presence and she shows up. So, I mean, those are, and I, I've got plenty more. But that's yeah. fine, fine, that's fine. I just, I wanted to give people uh, an idea of the type of, you know, you I mean, you play leading man roles, you know what I'm saying? You know, you taught me the game. You feel me? I just had to look up to my big brother. So, uh, let's go from the directing all facts. Ready? Right. Directing all facts. Eric LaSalle, you have an opportunity to put together your top five directors. You guys are going to do a series, and each one of your favorite directors get to direct one part of it. Whoa. Wow, that's hot, right? So, like, say you get top your top five. It's a five-part series, including yourself. You get to direct one, and you get four slots. Who gets those slots? Now, can any of them be uh, Pass, deceased? It, yeah, it's whatever you want. All right. Uh, Japanese uh, director Akira Kurosawa. Ooh. Uh, Italian director Tornatore. Uh, I'm going to throw Quentin in because he's just going to... He's crazy. He's, just, he's we, crazy. We just he's crazy. And he's he going to bring some gonna energy. He's going to bring something. He's going to bring something. He's going to bring something. No matter what, you going to know Quentin. You know he's going to do something crazy. Yeah. I love it. And, and you know, I'm going to... I'm going to even throw back... I'm going to throw back... To Spielberg, uh, because I oh Spielberg started my directing career. Really? Yeah. He he he. I did a short film. He he called HBO and said, "Yo, this dude has something," and they hired me to do my very first movie, which was Rebound with Don Cheadle and James Earl Jones. It was for HBO. Uh, so just out of him being, you know, the master. So. That's a nice eclectic. Come on, that's an man. eclectic mix. Bro, this boy, this boy went international in your ass. See, that's that homework. See, that's that money right there. He said, "Let me go backwards." You know, we gonna go Japanese. We gonna, you know, what I'm saying we hitting all calibers, all levels. Hey, man, it is a pleasure to have you on the show, Dude. ladies and gentlemen. This is Eric LaSalle. You know, if you want to, you could do radio with that voice. You know, um, <laughs> what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to go back and uh, give you some uh, real motherfucking real to practice. Real. I thought you was going to say, like, somebody like Scorsese or something. But Spielberg get, cuts uh, that right I in got, there. Yeah, I got, yeah. Like Spielberg, I said, he gave, epic. He gave, up, he gave up love, so, yeah. And Dick Wolf, the way he just, that's, that's just like, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you go out and get this new book. It's on every major platform. He is the guy. And Eric LaSalle, Laws yeah. of Annihilation. It's crazy, it's suspenseful, and it's a thriller. You will not want to put it down. Only on top billing does it go down. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Milk is chilling. Kiss is chilling. 